It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons that we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and once again, I am joined by my brother Dusty. And Dusty, don't you just love it in movies when when one character says something and it leads to a breakthrough for another character? Like one person will say, I haven't eaten there in forever. And then the other character will say, wait, forever? For every. For everyone. For everyone by Jason Reynolds. That's the book my wife bought me for last Christmas. Now I remember. <laughs> Can't you believe I, it's, I, that kind of stuff always just blows me away. Those weird connections that the characters have to make for the story to progress. I yeah, I've seen t- a lot of TV shows have that same thing. A lot of um, mystery TV shows definitely, where the main character needs to figure something out, and then all of a sudden, you know, something happens or something said, just like you said, jogs their memory, gets them to think a little more clearly, and all of a sudden, boom! I made it. This is what happened, and boom! I let's go get that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the the one of the ones that always stands out to me was National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. He goes Iron Pen. The pen doesn't, I'm sorry, the iron doesn't describe the ink in the pen. It describes what was penned. It was iron. It was firm. It was adamant. It was resolved. So the map was written on the back of the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> One of the funniest uh, uh, moments ever in a movie. And Nicolas Cage does it so well, but you know. He does it really well because it plays it off, or he plays it off really well, even though that's a pretty corny line, or at mm-hmm. least, you know, how is somebody actually going to uh, put those two and two together? Yeah. But at the same time, he did. He did a good job doing that. So, uh, but yeah, Nicolas Cage, he's usually pretty good in all of the movies. Um, but yeah, when they do that, um, it just, it's like, man. How come that never happens to me? I know. <laughs> My mind doesn't work that fast, I guess. <laughs> no, not at all. Mine either. Hey, you know what's funny? You know, growing up, we had bunk beds. Mm-hmm. So we had bunk beds. I slept always on the bottom and you were always on the top. And you remember why? Uh, no, because I was older and bigger and I could yeah. climb up there. Yeah, you're older. And mom and dad said, uh, yeah, let's let the older kid pick. And you got to pick the top. And you were always on the top for my entire life. I was, You're on the top bunk. I was on the bottom bunk. So what's interesting is I bought my boys a number of years ago, uh, maybe two years ago, some bunk beds. And they love sleeping on the bunk, bunk beds. And I remember having them, obviously, with you and uh, how terrific bunk beds were. I had no idea how... Sleeping under a bunk bed for how many years? Like what, ten years or something like that? Uh-huh. A very, very long time. That I got. I, well, I'll give you play the story a little bit more. So we built the bunk beds. The kids are excited about it. You know, they're jumping on the top bunk and all that sort of stuff. And you know, a couple of days go by, and um, I think, you know what, I'm going to go lay down on the bed because the boys are taking a nap. This was a couple of years ago when they were younger and they needed somebody to take a nap with them. Um, so. I get in the bed on the bottom bunk with the boys and lay down to take a nap. My brain just all, it, it felt so amazingly um, uh, ready to sleep because having that top bunk over my head was just so crazy. Like every time I go into that bottom bunk and having the top bunk covering me, it is like my brain gets automatically shut off and put to sleep. It's like the best sleep that I ever get is when I go and sleep underneath a bunk bed. I don't know what it is. It's something so crazy. You wouldn't probably not have that experience, but growing up sleeping under the bunk bed, it's just something so uh, um, cozy and uh, memorable or not really nostalgic, but it's just something my body reacts to is just like, wow, this is home. And I go to sleep so bad or so well. And, and I sleep so hard. It's, it's a great sleep. Well, that's awesome, man. It makes total sense too. It, it happened from an early age. So it's kind of ingrained in you from like, you're, you're probably right for 10 years, probably starting from age six or five, maybe we were in those bunk beds, you know? So for quite, maybe not 10 years, but for quite some time, you were underneath me like that. And so I, I guess that little forefoot, like with the roof of another bed right over you, um, maybe it, you know, puts you to sleep like a like a vampire in a coffin, you know? 
Something like that. Yeah, it's that, it's that covering. It just makes me feel so cozy. So yeah, I just had to bring that up because the other other day, I think it was uh, last week um, after we recorded the last episode, um, I was like, oh, you know, I'm tired. I'm going to take a nap. And my wife had something on the bed or I can't remember what it was, um, but I couldn't sleep on the bed easily. So I said, oh, I'm going to go sleep in the boy's bed. And that got me thinking, hey, I wanted to talk to you about that because, yeah, to go in and sleeping in the bunk, the bottom bunk, it just feels so cozy where the the um the top bunk is covering man it's just something that just brings back memories it's just yeah really cool but um that did not have anything to do to wreck it or with uh, (laughs) wreck it ralph or ralph breaks the internet i just want to bring that up cool beans cool beans yeah uh so well before we get to uh ralph breaks the internet i have a little character quiz for you um i pulled this off of triviaplaza.com and what i'm going to do dust is i'm going to read a character's name to you if you know what movie they were in, go ahead and tell me. If you don't know, I'll read four different options, and then you, uh, you know, you pick one, and we'll see if you're right. Okay. Got it. Okay. The first one, and these are all 2015 movies, so not too long ago. The first one is Katniss Everdeen. Oh, um, Mockingbird. Um, uh, yep. You're right. The Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. Yep. I was trying to think of the actual name. Oh, yep. You're good there. So the next one is Reed Richards. Reed Richards. No, drawing a blank. Fantastic Four, The Peanuts Movie, Spy, or The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Okay, I'm I'm still at a loss. Well, you got to guess. Oh, 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 I, I, I pick one of those four. Uh-huh. Okay, so Reed Richards, so not Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, read the other three again. The Peanuts Movie. Spy and the Hunger Games. Peanuts movie. That is wrong. It was Fantastic Four. Was it? He's what? Mr. Fantastic, the stretch guy. Did Was there a Fantastic Four movie in 2015? Yeah, the new one that was uh, with Miles Teller, um, the guy who plays Creed and or Apollo's son in Creed. Oh, wow. I never watched it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that name did sound familiar. I should have known uh, Fantastic Four. I just didn't think a Fantastic Four movie came out, probably because I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, gotcha. Here's another name. Billy Hope. Oh, nothing comes to mind there. Okay, here are the movie choices. Southpaw, Steve Jobs, Avengers Age of Ultron, or Straight Outta Compton? Avengers Age of Ultron. Nope, that's wrong. It's Southpaw. What is Southpaw? I never saw that. Is it like a boxing movie? A boxing movie. Oh. Yeah, I never saw it either. Man. Okay, here's another Here's another name. Rusty Griswold. Christmas Christmas Vacation or... Well, it's from Straight Outta Compton, Kingsman, The Peanuts Movie, or a movie called Vacation. Vacation. Yeah, I would guess the same thing. And it was... I didn't know they remade another one in 2015. I, had no, I never saw There was it. another Vacation movie? Oh, my goodness. I guess We so, should have yeah. started this podcast in 2015. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's another uh, character, Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner, Batman. No, sorry, are Hulk. You serious? Hulk, not no. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk. <laughs> yeah. So the movie choices are Fantastic Four, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, Hunger Games, or Avengers: Age of, Age Ultron. of Ultron. Yep. Can't believe I cool. said. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, Batman. The next name, of course, you're going to know this one. Tony Stark. Iron Man, so 2015, Age of Ultron, same thing. Yep, same thing, of course. Let's see here. You're four out of six so far. Oh, the next, this is too easy. Luke Skywalker, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Ant-Man, Furious 7, or Fantastic Four? Fantastic Four. Yep. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Star Wars, The Force Awakens, of course. You knew that. I didn't like that movie um, very much, but yeah we, can, yeah, we can bypass that. Yep. Here's a super easy one. Charlie Brown. Peanuts movie. I didn't see that. Did you see the Peanuts movie? I no. I I wouldn't bother watching yeah. it. Oh well. My kids aren't into it, and I'm not into it. So yeah. But you're correct, of course. Oh my gosh, another easy one. Leah Organa. Um, or Leia Organa. Leia Organa. Is that uh-huh. Star Wars? Yep. I was like, her last name's Organa. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh. Her adopted. Her adopted last name. Oh yeah. okay. Ooh, the final one. Let's see if you know this one. Dominic Toretto. You better know it. That is from all of the Fast and the Furious movies. Yep. In 2015, it was Furious 7, to be exact. I thought it was but, yeah. Furious 48. I know. It could have been. Oh. Should be by now. I love those movies, by the <laughs> yeah. way. I can't wait to do Fast and Furious 9 with you on this podcast. Hey, so we don't really talk about things that are like 
currently going on because when somebody else is going to be listening to the podcast, it might be like, I don't know, months from now. But I want to quickly ask you, did you, did you do any Black Friday shopping? No, I didn't. No, I I did like two things. I went to Walmart and bought a couple bikes for my kids because they were on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did have a tub, like literally tubs full, not, not tubs, like bins full of DVD movies and, and Blu-rays for like $1.50 to $3. Oh. So we stocked up on tons of the kids' movies so that they can just pop in the DVD player and watch movies all the time. So um, yeah, I mean, we bought at least 15 to 20 of them. Holy cow. Nice. If I would have known, I would have went. Well, I probably wouldn't have gone. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, if I really want to movie, I'll watch it. I mean, I'll buy it when it comes out on DVD. I, I generally don't wait months, but I understand what you're saying with so many kids in so many kids movies, it's good to get them for cheap. So you could pop it on and occupy them, you know? So, well, yeah. And we also give them the option to grab whichever movie they want, put it on yeah. and watch it. Cause you know, we have Netflix, we have Amazon prime and stuff like that, but there's a lot of junk on our junk and also bad stuff on there. I don't want my kids flipping through that stuff. So, um, just giving them say, Go through the DVDs, put, pull out one of the DVD and listen and, or sorry, watch one of those. It's so much safer for us. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 100%. Because you know what's in your house. You don't know what's on that Netflix. You yes, know? definitely. Well, and especially as soon as you turn on Netflix, they show boobies everywhere. It's like, that's the first thing that you see. And it's like, oh, I, you know, you're going to have to click on it. So yep. it's just sad. But um, yeah, so that's that's why I did uh, Black Friday. But um, yeah, I did buy a ton of movies. But I really wanted to watch... And I don't recall, but my wife said we actually watched it. So in 2008, when Wreck-It Ralph came out, apparently I watched it with her and I completely forgot about it. But we watched it again and I watched it with the kids and they thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's a really, really well done story. The the first movie, mm-hmm. um, uh, Wreck-It Ralph, really, really well done story. Um, really like the characters and everything like that. So I had to watch that in order to get a understanding of the you know this next movie that we just watched. Ralph breaks the internet. And so I was really glad to have watched it again. Remember that I actually watched it once, but my kids loved it. So I wouldn't watched it by myself. They were, you know, doing, uh, we have, we homeschool. So they're in the middle of homeschooling Why I went like at noon to watch a movie. But next week I'm going to take the kids on a Tuesday, a $5 Tuesday and watch the movie with them. Nice. Sounds like a plan. I might do the same this weekend and take my boys because my wife kind of wants to see it because we all loved Wreck-It Ralph just like your family did. So we may be doing it. But uh, so so we both just watched the movie. What did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. And I, I'm kind of torn. Like, do I really think it's as good or better than part one or not? I'm not sure yet. Let me ask you, do you think this racks up or you know stacks up to part one or is it better than or not as good as? No, nah, it's not as good. Not not nearly as good. The first one was fresh and new and interesting. This one had some interesting stuff, but nothing felt fresh and new to me. I did enjoy it. And if you liked the first Wreck-It Ralph, for anybody listening, I do recommend going to see this one for sure. But I, the rewatchability, it's probably like on a scale of one to five, a one for me. I doubt I'll ever watch it again. Unless the family wants to go, then I'll go with them. Now, for me, um, I didn't think it beat number one because, like, you're, you're right. When you watch the first one, it's uh, it was, I wouldn't say groundbreaking, but it was the storyline was totally new in a sense. Like, obviously, of the, the same type of characters, um, you know, one's helping the other and all that sort of stuff. But to use the games and have, um, you know, the glitch and all that stuff, that was really, really creative, a really mm-hmm. well-done story. This one's actually really good, too. I would say it it's almost as good to me, almost as good as a part one. So um, let me ask you, what is your rating for this movie? I give it a 60. Oh, wow, that low. Yeah, it's pretty low for me. I, it's, I'm just not going to watch it again. And if the kids ask me, I'm going to have to just say, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to tell them that I went to go see it. Because if if they ask me, I'd have to tell them the truth. I didn't really like it that much. And that's going to sour them to it. And I don't want to yeah. sour their experience if we're going to see it as a family, you know? Yeah, that, that makes total sense. But um, in a 60, that's really, really low. That's one um, of the lowest scores I've given a movie that you and I have discussed so far. Yeah, so would you say you didn't like it or you just kind of... Well, no, it was good and it was worth seeing the one time, but I really don't think I'll ever watch it again. And there was just so many movie tropes and things that felt repeated from the first movie that I didn't really feel like there was much new at all. Got it. I mean, even the stuff where they went to a whole new world, a whole new internet, it still felt really much the same, like traveling between different games. They went through different buzz, buzz tube and pinterest in different places but it still all felt like the same thing to me yeah i get it 
I get it. And at the same time, I start to think or tend to think that it's hard to keep the same similar story type, you know, because it's part one um, and have that play along and change it very much dramatically. I don't know how else other than they come alive like Homer Simpson does back in the 90s. You know, it comes alive and walks down the the, um, the street and walks into the, you know, the nude cakes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than doing something drastic like that, I don't know how they could do anything different. But I would say I give my rating an 82. Wow. It was actually – it was much higher than I thought it was going to be. I actually thoroughly enjoyed I, – I, at no time did I think, you know, this is boring. I want to fast forward. Um, I'll tell you, though, I did go watch um, Creed 2. So Creed 2, rather entertaining, ra- rather enjoyable. Um, I wouldn't watch it again. Hmm. Um, I would, though, at times thought, man, I want to fast forward this part. I want to fast forward this part. I want to just get me to the fight. <laughs> so ah. um, th- with re- uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, I did not get that anywhere where I felt like, oh, man, fast forward. This is boring or, or you know, something like that. But I thought it was pre- really well done. And I know I'm going to see it again because of kids. And I wouldn't not watch it again like like you were saying and i would actually wouldn't mind watching it i thought it was enjoyable good good i got you i'm good so let's just like we did last week let's start with our lessons and let let those lessons you know bleed into our discussions about the movie you know what i mean so my first lesson is always have a backup plan and now uh with the video game going down, Vanellope and all the other racers, they didn't have a home anymore or anything. And this really related to you and I. You know, there's a reason why we do, why we work for ourselves and we don't work for anyone else. You know, we we try to create multiple streams of income. So if one gets shut off, we have others to rely on. Well, when Vanellope's game got shut down, she had nowhere else to go. She and the other characters, nowhere to go. So they had to rely on the kindness of Ralph and the others. And you don't want to be there. So if you're currently out in the world right now and you just have a job that's your only source of income, get creative and start figuring out other ways to to make some money, you know? That is a great, great point. I absolutely love that that lesson. Um, always being uh, proactive. Mm-hmm. I hate being reactive. You know, when you're reactive, you you have very limited decisions that you can make. Your choices are maybe one or two. It's it's bad or worse. You know, you're two diff- different decisions. And so exactly what you're saying, I'm right there with you. Um, so that I'm going to jump into my second lesson that okay. I learned because it piggybacks up off of exactly what you're talking about. My second lesson is you can make money on the internet. Yes. <laughs> and so... You know, what we're doing, you and I, we do this podcast, but we also, where we make our money is other things. Like I invest in real estate rental properties and I make money, like all my money that comes in. I don't need a job because I have my rental properties, but I also teach people how to do it as well. I have my website, masterpassiveincome.com, where I teach people how to invest in real estate to quit their job because they have enough money coming in. And so there are ways to make money on the internet. You need to be proactive. And so I make money mostly through my business of real estate, but I also make money through selling books or having ads or, you know, just things like that. So there's many different ways to make money on the internet. You just really need to look for it. Now you tell us a little bit about what you do and your poker studying skills. Yeah, I just I basically just teach people how to play better poker. I teach them how to study poker and how to make uh, good strategical plays on the felt and stuff to make money, uh, mainly for online poker. That's where my focus is. But like you said, I've written some books. Uh, I have my podcast. I have some webinars that I sell and, you know, a course and that kind of thing. So I'm making money. I have various streams of income coming in, you know, but I'm glad that you chose this, this as a lesson because it was really funny. One of the things watching this, they were... Uh, I guess the movie did a classic movie trope, right? The characters need money and all of a sudden a miracle solution presents itself like Spider-Man needing money and there's a $3,000 wrestling match, you know, just out of nowhere, something that never happens. And in this one, some dude's willing to pay $40,000 for for a digital car. I mean, what are the chances, you know, and what are the chances that they go and find the car, you know? It's just, it's just one of those movie tropes that happen. And along with that, just they made making money on the internet look so simple. Like they created a viral video in a snap, you know, and if you could create vital viral videos that easy, I guess you could be a pretty quick millionaire on the line or online, but it takes a lot of work and, and just copying what other people do. Maybe it's genius, but I don't think that really works in the real world. No, in the real world, it's going to be much, much more work. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily hard work. It's just, you got to be creative. You have to figure out the ways to do it. So, um, there's, Great, tons of great ways to make money online. So that's my second lesson. 
piggybacks up definitely in yours. You can make money online. You just need to figure it out, find out a way to make money that, that can always be coming in. A passive income type of income is terrific. So what is your second lesson? My second lesson is I, I thought this was a really good one. Focus on the solution, not the problem. So Vanellope, when they went to the internet, right, they needed to fix the problem. And all of a sudden, you know, $27,000, it looks like it was impossible. She was totally focused on losing her game and losing her home. But Ralph, on the other hand, he was intent on finding a solution and he found one. And then that's when they went off to go, you know, try to find that car and stuff. But he was focused on the solution, not the problem. And that's the way you've got to be when you're presented with something big, you know. That's awesome. I I love that lesson. And it does take a little bit of time to actually get to that point where you forget that you have this huge problem. You know, you just, this loss, this big hole inside of you. But at the same time, if you can move on to that, that's, that, that is when you're being, um, you're, being proactive, not necessarily proactive, but you're acting, you're trying to move forward. You're trying to not dwell in the past and get Mm -hmm. forward. and, And so that's a great lesson. Yeah. It goes right along with what you were saying earlier, for sure. Okay. So my second lesson is actually, you know what, this is going to be two. Okay. So um, I'm getting, I'm confusing confusing myself. So I gave you my second lesson, but this is to be. So I have four lessons and this one's to be. So this is the, uh, you know, 2A was make money online. 2B goes right along with it. Can you imagine what it is? No. Do not read the comments. Yes. Awesome advice. Absolutely mm-hmm. awesome advice. You get a lot of people that think that their opinion is huge and matters a lot. And so they voice it and they put it in the comments and they say pretty not so nice things. If they were saying it to your face, they would probably more often than not really think about what they're saying. But they're not face to face. It's behind a computer or a phone. And so they write crap. And you, if you let that bother you, if you let that get to you and stop what you're doing, then you're going to be, I'll give you an example. I, I pause that thought. Give you an example. I, I'm teaching people how to invest in real estate rental properties. I wrote a book called How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties. And I had some people give me great reviews, actually many. I mean, it's like 83 reviews or something right now. And it's, it's like four and a half stars. And I get so many five-star reviews. But then I get maybe a handful of one star, like literally one, not even like a three or a two. It's one. Like if they don't like it, it's one. It's never, it's either a one or a five. It's really sad. But one, and then they'll give horrible comments like this, uh, you know, this has no substance. I'm like, did you even read the book? Because there's lots of substance in it. Or they'll say some some random things that actually have nothing to do with the book. And I would read it. And I would start at first. I started taking it to heart. I'm like, man, is it really that bad? But then I realized how many people that I'm helping. And so if I let those crappy people that bag on what I'm doing, you know, there's maybe out of a hundred, there's maybe five of them that do it. If I let those five stop me from helping the other 95, then they are winning. I can't let them win. I have to show or not show. I have to my in myself, I have to pull it up and say, Hey, I'm helping 95 other people. Stop letting 5% or five people screw 95 people over because you're helping them out. So yeah, definitely do not read the comments. Gotcha. I That was one of the lessons I picked up on as well. But I have a little caveat there. It, it is true. Never read the comments. But uh, that should be a rule when you've grown beyond kind of like an organic audience, right? Like right now, my videos on YouTube might get anywhere from two to five comments, Facebook posts, just a few comments and stuff. Those are fine to read. It's when you become PewDiePie, or even sub PewDiePie, when you get a thousand or even a hundred comments on a video or something, that's when you definitely have to stop reading because that's when people just start chiming in because your stuff is going quote unquote viral and more people are just kind of finding it. Um, when you don't have that organic con- the, that organic audience and you don't have the time to respond to them all, that's when things start to get caustic in the in the comment sections, you know? I, yeah, I definitely agree. And I, I guess to add to it, not add, but like to adjust a little bit, because I completely agree um, where, you know, when I read the, the comments, if there's val- validity to them, I take it and change whatever I'm doing, but mm-hmm. I don't take it to heart. So if there's a crabby comment, like, oh, this guy either had a bad day or he's having a bad life. Like my life is so much better than his probably. So I kind of brush it off. So don't take the bad ones to heart. Yeah, I love that. I love that kind of amendment to the to, to the lesson right there. I still think that never read the comments is a decent one, but if you're trying to grow your reach, you do like like logically it makes sense to read the comments and respond to them. If somebody says, Hey, I really liked what you said in this video, you say, Hey, great, thanks for watching. You know, you want to comment to them to kind of uh to, to show them that you care, that you care about what they think about uh their comments, you know? 
Definitely agree. Yeah. So my third lesson is don't be the guy that your friends are worried about hurting your feelings. You want to be even keeled, understanding and roll with the punches. So like Vanellope didn't want to tell Ralph that she would have to go because he's obviously super insecure. And we could talk about insecure in just a little bit because it plays a big part in the movie. But he is super insecure. So she doesn't want to share that she may maybe wants to stay, you know, in the internet as opposed to going back home because he's always so hurt and and it, it just makes it a pain. You know, people don't want to be around people who get butt hurt all the time, you know. So stop spending time as Debbie downer and be you know um, pd positive instead that's great pd is you said pd positive pd like p-e-t-e-y got it pd positive yes i completely agree um so going along with that i my number one lesson i learned and it stems from wreck it ralph and um vanilla p figuring out a way to get what they needed done you know they needed to get the steering wheel in order to to stay you know keep the game alive and they needed to make a lot of money so this is the lesson and it it, it harkens back to things that i've remembered but it, it relates reiterates the point necessity is the mother of invention and where there is a will there is a way that is 100% true. I love those two. Or that one lesson combined. Yeah. So if you have something that you you must get done, you will put your mind to it and you will get it done. You'll figure out a way to get it done. So just like, I mean, think of other movies. Like um, one movie that comes to mind is um, Gone in 60 Seconds, where they have to steal a bunch of cars. And it seems crazy to do it one night, but they have to steal a bunch of cars. So the necessity is to get that done or the brother's going to die. Mm-hmm. And... If they pull it off, then he's going to live. And so you, they're going to actually pull it off, just about pull it off. Um, same thing with this movie with um, Ralph Breaks the Internet. They needed a way to make $27,001 in, what, uh, 24 hours. Yeah. And so they had to do that, and they did it. because You know, whatever, you know, with the movie and uh, being a movie, how glamorous it made it look. And when it's, in fact, it's much, much harder to make money on the Internet a lot longer time frame. But – You'll figure out a way. Like if you get fired from your job and you need to feed your kids or you need to make your mortgage payment, whatever it might be, like you need to get this done, you're going to figure out a way because you're going to bust your butt to do it. So the the kind of the thought that comes into my mind is how do we not let tragedy cause us to have inventive type of mindset? You know, how do we, instead of having some big issue come up in our lives, cause us to go out and make money a different way? How can we actually implement that now where instead of like, man, you know what? I would like to never work a job. So let me figure out a way to make money. And instead of having that where you lost your job, make you do it, where you say, you know what? What if I lost my job? Let me act as if I did. So I start making money now. And then in the end, like it took me six years to replace my income from my rental with my rental properties, um, replace my income from my job. And it was because I knew that eventually I might get laid off or I might get fired or whatever. And so, yeah. So what you want to do is not let tragedy cause you to make you know, invent something or find a way to do something. But at the same time, it will cause you to a necessity as a mother of invention, just like Wreck-It Ralph and Vanillope were able to raise, you know, $30,000 in a day. Yeah, no, I love that. Good point. Definitely good point there. Um, uh, did you catch the Stanley cameo? I sure did. That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't voice anything. I didn't hear anything coming out of his mouth, but it was just cool seeing him there. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I I liked it. Obviously, you see Iron Man and you know mm-hmm. all the other characters. I did like how they had all the Disney characters and not all the, but like the, the lots of Disney stuff outside of the Wreck It Ralph type of you know thinking mm-hmm. or um, uh, world. They brought in so many other characters and so many other things. I thought it was really creative doing that. I really like the whole princess scene, her stumbling on the room of all the princesses in dresses, and then she taught them how to dress down, and they loved that. And I liked how in the end they came back into the story, and they saved the big strong man Ralph as he was falling to his death, you know? That was pretty neat. Yeah, that was neat. So I have my last lesson I want to give. Okay. My last lesson is... Do not get emotional when you're bidding on eBay or eBoy or any sort of auction type of website or auction where you're physically there. Don't get emotional and don't let like basically 
when you are bidding on something, you know what, how much you, what's the maximum you want to bid, you get to that number and then don't budge. Cause as soon as you break that top number, like you say, I'm not bidding more than a hundred dollars. And that's why auctions are so awesome to make more money is because people get emotional. And if you say, I'm only bidding a hundred, well, some person gets to 105, you're like, well, it's just six more dollars. No, it's $106. And so mm-hmm. it's just six more dollars. But then once you break that ceiling, get to 106, the guy that's next to you is on 110. Well, I'm already all in. I'm going to go to 111 or I'm 120 and just keep going up and up and up. So do not get emotional. And do when you're, especially when you're on eBoy, don't get emotional doing that. And Make sure that you make whatever your mark you set beforehand, hit that and stop there. I love that lesson. That's a really good one right there. So many people, I bet you went eBay first, and it probably still happens on a daily basis, people overpaying for things because they just got to have it, you know, and I've never seen this for sale anywhere before, but it's going to be mine no matter what now. <laughs> Especially things that are nostalgic, like hey, I'm going to get this um, uh, He-Man action figure. Like, oh, I was oh. just thinking Castle Grayskull. That's what, I was, that's what went through my mind awesome. just now. there we go. <laughs> yep. You and I both on the same wavelength there. For sure. Hey, did you, um, did you, uh, oh, one of the things I really liked about it, uh, like the best action th- scene was that really cool race scene with Vanellope and Shake. You know, they stole a car and Shake chasing them. I thought all those just do, doing, um, uh, what's that called? Uh, when drifting? You, you, drifting. <laughs> there you go. Drifting around everywhere and turning around. And it, it was just an awesome scene. Really good action there. Yeah, that was really, really well done. It reminded me of Fast and the Furious, you know, mm-hmm. trying to um, play a little off of that. I thought it could have been a tad longer because that was the introduction introduction of um, Shake. But at the same time, where Penelope is going to be going, like it, it, it did have a decent amount of stuff. But I thought it maybe another minute, uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe two minutes at most, it could have had that much more to ra- make her really fall in love with that area. She fell in love with it just because it was new. That's the only thing that I, pers- you know, knew uh, and changed. So maybe if they were driving around and we saw them dodge more cooler stuff or uh, loop-de-loops and spirals and even like crazy stuff more, maybe that would make more sense why she would want to stay there. Exactly. Mm, exactly. So, yeah, but um, it really, really good scene. I just wish it was maybe two minutes longer. Yeah, yeah. You know, the whole thing about being in the internet and the whole animation around that, one thing I've always loved about animated movies is how everything is intentional. You know, they don't just set up a camera on a street and you film some actors with a street or in a museum or something, you know. The animators have to create every single thing, every building, every leaf that's flying around, every street light, and that whole race scene, along with everything else in the movie. I just love how animated movies, everything is intentional and you're watching exactly what the filmmakers want you to see. I... I completely agree. Same thing, uh, even like Lord of the Rings, you mm-hmm. know, set set designs for old older movies or, you know, that's... that's Period uh, pieces or period make-believe pieces. worlds. Exactly. Yeah, it's really, really cool to see. And one movie that really got me thinking about it was Shrek, watching the behind the scenes about Shrek and how they had to create everything like inside of his house or his little hut there, um, whatever that was, you know, had things hanging on the wall and, you know, just everything about it, they were explaining that they literally had to come up with every bit of that. I was like, wow, I didn't think about that. But yeah, that's awesome to think that they were that creative to make it that realistic and that's you know super creative yeah what's neat about like you just said that shrek scene and some of the other like lord of the ring stuff is that the creators they also create backstories to things like there's something on shrek's wall maybe it looks cool but the creators have an idea why would he have this on the wall oh it's because a month ago or a year ago he did this and this and collected it you know what i mean so they not only create the item but awesome backstories too that we as the audience unless we watch that behind the scenes stuff we'll never know yeah, yeah, I agree. So, but I, I think we feel it. Like, I, I think when there's a lot of love and care put in, uh, you as the audience member feels it. So, like, when I cook dinner, I'm kind of cooking. I'm going, bam, 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 let's get it done, let's eat. When Denise makes dinner, she spends a lot more time. She puts a lot more love in her dinners. And I think her dinners taste better than mine because she spends that extra time, you know? I 100% agree. My, I, I really hate cooking. I'm very blessed to have a wife that makes terrific food. That's why I'm so fat. But um, <laughs> uh, I'm blessed to have such good food. But yeah, she puts the extra time and love into it. And yeah, right, right on. Uh, so let me ask you, what is your, and we're going to talk more about the movie, but what is your Monday morning quarterback? Oh, my morning. Okay. It's it's very simple. Just, 
uh, Ralph should have just been honest and talked things through with Vanellope instead of trying to insert a virus into her world to make it unfun. That was just the worst thing a friend can do, right? So he totally screwed that up. And that's what led to the whole breaking of the internet. You know, if he would have just gone to talk to her and try to be understanding of her needs and her desires, we wouldn't have had to. But then the movie wouldn't have happened, of course. But, you know, the internet wouldn't have broken. Yeah, and... Vanellope had a good point. And when Wreck-It Ralph said, you know, I don't blame you that you don't want to be my friend anymore. And Vanellope said, no, I didn't say that. I said that you were being a bad friend. Mm -hmm. Like bad friends don't take away things that the other friend loves. Like you just don't do that. And so it was really, really good point. I like the storytelling in it. And I could tell my kids are probably going to learn a good amount from watching this movie and, you Mm -hmm. know, seeing the interaction and the um, insecurities that Wreck-It Ralph has and all that sort of stuff. I think they're going to learn a lot out of of this movie movie i think they will too and speaking of insecurities the beginning of the movie with their interactions you see a couple times how it's pretty obvious he's insecure and i think they made that so obvious and so heavy-handed because it played such a role in the end of breaking the internet that virus capable of copying and replicating um i guess errors in the code i guess was the idea and it, it, it replicated his insecurities and put them everywhere. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. It was a little heavy hand in the beginning because the first thing I thought when they were interacting, I said, wow, he gets buttered pretty easy. Absolutely. Yeah. And you could tell, I mean, he he was hurt in the first movie. You could tell how insecure he was in this first movie. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody that isn't insecure, obviously, you know, it sucks being alone. But at the same time, you could see how insecure he was and that plays over in the second movie. So I thought it was really creative with te- the storytelling to have the virus actually be something that replicates insecurities in other people. I thought that was really cool. Oh, for sure. It was. What uh, did you, what did you think oh, of ahead. Boba Fett? Not Boba Fett. Uh, Jabba the Hutt in, in, in this movie. Uh, you, you mean the virus guy? Yeah, the virus guy. Oh, it didn't occur to like Jabba the Hutt. I, I just thought he was really cool. I really liked the accent they gave him kind of like the cockney like the bad guy being a cockney kind of accent, you know, villain. I really liked that aspect of it. Yeah, I agree. I just thought it was rather funny. I was like, that looks just like um, Pizza the Hut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how funny. Yeah, that that didn't even occur to me. I like that though. So my Monday morning quarterback was Ralph should have from the very beginning, you know, what would stop everything, every bit of problem. Ralph should have made the entire course change into a new area uh, or just ma- or make like a roadblock so that everybody had to go on this new area rather than just one person. Mm-hmm. So what Vanillope had to do was give up winning to try to go through this really quick and then go get through it. And that obviously made the girl who's playing the game get upset and, you know, hey, I'm not controlling it. Whereas if he would have made a huge roadblock that made everybody else go there, that would have solved everything. Totally. I like that. That's a really good money money quarterback. You're right about that. But one of, one of the things, why was she so... I know she wanted to take this new course, right? Out for a spin. She wanted to go on it. But she, like, in the in the idea of the world that they live in, she's been letting the video game, the humans, control her this whole time. Why is she fighting it all of a sudden now? I think that was kind of a, just a, a gap in logic. You know, it's not like a plot hole or anything. But if she's been letting them drive this whole time, she should have just like maybe steered onto the path and then now let the let the human take over, you know? I completely agree. As well as this course has changed forever. You can wait until the nighttime where you're going to race again. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, hey, they're, they're trying to pull me back. Oh, let me just, you know, let me realize this could be bad. So yeah, right on. You know, what I noticed too was um, at one point, Fix-It Felix was complaining about his kids breaking everything, but I'm all like, you're fix it, Felix, with the magic hammer. What do you care? Just pow, pow, pow. It's all fixed, you know? <laughs> all you need to do is just touch it with a hammer and you're good. Yeah. Oh, you know, my wife would love it if I was fix it, Felix. There's so many things around the house that I don't think is that big of a deal, but like a tiny little cracked uh, tile or a nick in the wall that she would like me to fix. But if I was fix it, Felix, if I had that power, bam, everything's taken care of. She'd be 100% happy, you know? You, I, you. <laughs> You're absolutely right. So that goes to my um, uh, prop that I would want from the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. It also goes into the first one because it's much more heavy in the first one. But um, actually, you don't even see it much in the second one. I would love, and if it had the power, that would be even better to have that hammer. Like Ah. That would be my prop I would have. I'd have that hammer because, you know... I, I don't mind, um, or I actually like, 
uh, construction. I like doing all this sort of stuff. I like working with my hands. I love doing that. But what's irritating is, you know, let's say you build a deck. You build a deck. It looks beautiful day one, and you use it. You use it plenty, and then you know, 15 years later, you have to re- you have to do something to it to make it back to its original glory. You well, know, either two years it down. later with the weather and stuff, you need to sand it and restain that puppy. You know. I, yeah, and so I would like, man, I just want to do it once and do a great job and yes. have it last rather than, okay, 20 years later, oh, now I got to actually rebuild it again. I'm like, mm-hmm. dang it, I already did it once. Now I got to do it again. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love that. That's a really good, uh, yeah, if it worked, that would be my prop as well. But the prop that I would want is one of those barrel taps on the wall from Tappers, and it would be dispensing either 805 or like Captain Morgan private stock rum for me in my office right here next to me. I would love that. Oh man, that would be super awesome. I I would man, yeah. Let's let's do that. I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> there you go. A barrel tap. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. I would love that. A kegerator right here in the office. I would so, never get work done if that were the case though. Now, I did you foresee the Wi-Fi being plugged in? Uh well, I mean, I figured there would be a way to get on the internet. I never thought it would be Wi-Fi. I just figured, yeah, no, I didn't foresee it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that too. When they were plugging it, I was, oh, cool, a new game. And I, my mind, because I watched a little bit of the preview, or at least the previews kind of came up, uh-huh. you know, where she's driving in a whole new area. I was like, oh, maybe this is, you know, she's going to be driving in this whole new area or something. But uh-huh. yeah, so I, I thought that there was going to be a new game brought up, but then you have the 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 internet being brought in through the Wi-Fi. It was super, super cool. What did you think about when they first entered it and they saw how, how huge the internet was? You saw all the big... Big name companies. I was looking for masterpassiveincome.com on there. Ah, I, did you see chance. it on there? Oh, no, I didn't get on there. Smart Poker Study wasn't on there. But I thought it was really cool. Like I said earlier, the animation was awesome, seeing them fly through the cities in the sky with all the different companies up and around. And one of the things, too, it occurred to me watching this, right? These companies, I wonder how much they paid to oh, be man. in this movie, right? Like, Pinterest, for example, I'm sure they paid millions of dollars to have Ralph grab a pin and fight the Ralph virus with it. You know what I mean? Like they could have like Facebook could have paid millions of dollars to have him fighting with a book or Snapchat could have had him fighting with a giant bell or something. But they went with Pinterest and I bet you they paid 10 million for that. If they did not or if Disney did not go to them and say, hey, pony up if you want to be a part of it. If they did not, that would be a huge opportunity lost if they oh, did not. Oh, without a doubt. More than likely, they said, hey, we're doing this. How much do you want? How how bad do you want to be in the movie? And say, Pinterest won out and said, hey, we'll give you, you know, 50 million or something like that. And yeah, it was really neat seeing the different. I don't know who, like, as you saw Snapchat in there just for a split second. Um, the other ones that were very prominent... Obviously, Google was very prominent. Pinterest, absolutely prominent, being the the uh, the murder weapon. But you have all the other different ones. I, there were some that well, I, I didn't even know. I mean, maybe I'm not young enough to know some of these other um, companies that are on the internet. But I thought it was rather neat seeing the like the different hubs or like think of like a city and having those different um, cities or that city having different. Um, buildings and locations for the different companies and the bigger co- the company is the you know the bigger the building is and yeah. stuff like that i thought it was pretty neat i thought it was too goggle and amazon they were like the two biggest buildings you know they absolutely were which we know now they're behemoths and i'm just wondering what's gonna be the next company i mean maybe watch and learn podcast.com might overtake amazon so you never know you never know it might work out totally totally um was there anything else from the movie you want to discuss oh i loved you know, yeah, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? I absolutely loved the clickbait hub guy. Yes. The fact that they had that and they were playing in the, um, you know, the, the ads and all that sort of stuff and the stormtroopers running around. I was like, that was that was very creative. I really liked that. You're right. They did the clickbaits and the pop-ups. Those were really smart ideas. I like that as well. Yeah, and how to turn them into an actual character and mm-hmm. how you know have it be a part of the movie. I was like, wow. Yeah. I never would have thought of that. That is that is very, very cool. But the one thing that, unless it was there and I kind of missed it, they didn't have any memes, right? The internet is full of memes. You go to any kind of comment board or, or YouTube videos, they're full of memes, and I didn't see a single one in this movie. There may have been, and I just totally missed them. I didn't see any memes, and I think the reason why is the memes would be like inside of Pinterest or inside of Google or inside of Facebook, well, not necessarily. When they went inside of those companies, when they went inside of eBay, they could have had 
I don't know that there are eBay memes, but or when they went inside of Pinterest, like you said, they could have had a, some kind of Pinterest memes in there. I just I think they missed out on that. Maybe they couldn't find a good way to work them into the story. Maybe. Hey, did you look up BuzzTube? I didn't look that up. It's B-U-Z-Z-Z, right? Three Z's. Yeah, I didn't look, look it up. It. My guess is it's fake. Well, they they I, I wouldn't doubt that they actually bought that if they're coming up. Oh, so BuzzTube.com is not available. It doesn't point to an actual DNS. So B-U-Z-Z-Z-T-U-B-E. Well, I bet you they bought all the Z's. B-U-Z, B-U-Z-Z, 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 you know. They yeah. bought all the way through 10 Z's, I bet. Yeah. And what they would have been really smart of John Lasser, the, the guy, Lasseter or Lasser. Lasseter. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy that is executive producer. He's really, he's a great, great storyteller. Um, if he would to, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and buy it myself and put it as a side business. And because, I mean, shoot, just this movie alone would get that so much traffic. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. It would. Man, I should have I should have reached out to them and said, hey, can you put um, watchandlearnpodcast.com on there? I'll give you five bucks. That's you know, right. Have it prominent right in the very, like right in the very opening, right when they get in that city in the internet, put it right there. Mm-hmm. Do you think they would have taken it? I think so. Yeah. Oh. For zero dollars, they would have just, hey, we'll throw you a bone, buddy. No, I, I would have given him five. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> five bucks. It's your next latte, Mr. Exactly. Lasseter. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Hey, two things I want to mention. Um, I really, I, I, I liked it, but it felt kind of stolen to me. One of the, uh, one of the two uh, avatars or whatever that were going to steal uh, Shank's car was called Abraham Lincoln. Did you see that? I sure did. Okay, yeah. I know where it pops in my brain quickly when I heard of that. Where does the first? Oh yeah, time Wayne's that? World, hundred percent. Exactly, Wayne's yeah. World. And so I liked seeing it, but it just felt like a steal to me. Like they could have come up with something creative on their own that was very similar to it, but was totally new. You know? Yeah, I can oh, see that. Did you get to the movie theater on time um, before the previews ended? Yes, and I saw the three guys pop up and do the little, you know, video thing. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, I really like that. I thought it was a really great touch to get people to kind of like settle in, get ready for their theater experience, but then hopefully come back for more because one of the things that they're saying 2018 has been a good year, but steadily since, uh, you know, streaming services have been available and stuff, movie theater attendance has dropped a bit. I think the Marvel movies and a lot of other big spectacles has in 2018 has helped to bring it back up. But I think it's a big concern for movie theaters. And I think things like this, these kind of like personal introductions, these personal touches, I think it's a great way to just to just add a tiny bit to the movie theater experience. Yeah, that does. And I when I first saw it, I was like, is this a part of the movie? Well, it actually was a part of the storytelling experience from the beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, that's that's kind of neat. I like that. Um, but man, going to the movies, it's so expensive now. I mean, I go to the $5 Tuesdays. I also, and I, I've been neglecting, personally, um, uh, purposefully neglecting to bring up, I bought into MoviePass um, uh, quite a, maybe six months ago or eight months ago. And it is horrible. Like I'm going to tell everybody, don't do it. They went from being unlimited movies to, um, now they cut it down to where you can only watch three a month. Um, and they cut it down to where you can only watch one specific movie that they tell you per day and only at one time a day. So (laughs) yeah. So you go at 11, 11 in the morning, look at, okay, what movies are out? It'll give you one specific movie, like today. Um, it had, uh, what was it? Um, uh, the Grinch, the new Grinch movie. And it was specific timing was like at 3 p.m. or something like that. I was like, what? No, this is so horrible. So I'm going to absolutely say Movie Pass is absolutely horrible. If you can work around it, like what I do is I actually hit, okay, I'm going to go watch um, uh, Grinch and select the time. But I just go buy the ticket whenever I want of whatever I want because they're not going to verify what movie I'm actually watching. They're just going to verify the money came out at this certain location or even like in another city like in Phoenix. I live in I live in the Phoenix area and there's there's um, uh, theaters in Glendale, Phoenix and Peoria and different areas, different cities. But as long as it's in the Phoenix area, I just like look for I hit the, the theater button, look for any theater that has a movie playing and just doesn't matter what it is, select it. And then that gives me money on my card so I can use it. So it's basically $10 a month that you get three movies and it's horrible. It's so many hoops to jump through. But, you know, I'm willing to put up with it to save because, you know, if I watch three movies, that's 30 bucks. So it saves me $20. And if I watch an extra movie, it gives me like $2 off another movie. So it saves me some money, but it is a crappy hassle. It's, it's 
it's it's horrible. Yeah, when you told me about it, I never bothered to get into it, and I'm glad I didn't. I mean, sure, you save a little bit of money, but it's not worth the hassle. I just go on Tuesdays, like you said, but I'm also, occasionally I take the whole family, and the bill ends up being 70 bucks, you oh, know, man, for yeah. $12.50 per person, $10, or actually $20 for two popcorns and a soda, or whatever, you know, two sodas, popcorn. So yeah. 70 bucks total. But as long as it's a good movie and we go and we have fun, so be it, 70 bucks. It, it, but it, it is expensive, though. Yeah, and you know what I do? So another hmm. trick that I... It's just after six months of doing this, and plus I don't like rules, so I try to break the rules. But um, you can only go to one movie per day and the specific movie that they give you. So what I do is like, if I want to go to go to a movie with my wife, if we're going to go to like a, you know, a, a evening showing or something like that. Well, I think, okay, we're going to go on Friday. On Monday, I'll go and buy the ticket for Friday because it just as long as I pay that money in that... Spe- I could select a you know, future time. I do that. And then on Thursday, I go and buy the seat next to it. And so we have two tickets for Friday, but I used it in my movie pass. So there's there's ways to work around it. It's just super irritating, but it saves me 30, you know, 20, 25 bucks. I got you every month. Yeah, I, I would say that your cheat right now, if you just now unleashed it on the world, it would ruin MoviePass. But it sounds to me, from what you're saying and from other people, MoviePass is already ruined. ruined. It's just spiraling down the drain right now. It's it's a horror. I'm, I'm waiting for them to say, you can watch one movie a month for your $10. I'm like, so you're going to save me a dollar? Like, it's $11 for the movie. And unless I go on Tuesday, it's going to cost me money. So, <laughs> totally, yeah. So, totally. pretty, like, I was literally just about to cancel it last month. But I didn't just because I was like, I'm going to give it one more chance. And it actually worked. They, they had the showing at what I wanted to watch and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, if, if, if I have any desire to cancel, I will do it. If it doesn't, if it saves me less than $20, then I'll cancel it. But right now it's saving me 20 bucks a month, which, you know, it's, it's a couple lattes or, you know, in and out. Yeah, totally, totally. All righty. So anything else before we uh, conclude this puppy? I'm good to go. Cool beans. So this was my choice, of course. So next week is your choice. What's it going to be, Dust? I really wanted to go back and watch. Since there's nothing really that's striking my fancy, I was thinking of watching Captain America, the first Avenger. Great choice. I've been wanting to watch that again myself. I, I, you know, looking back now, we see the whole arc of the storyline and we're seeing where they are. You know, currently, as we're recording this, we've already seen in May the uh, third Avengers and in six months from now, the fourth Avengers is going to come out. So we're, we're kind of left at where we are left in limbo. Like everybody's dead now. And you know, Thanos is winning. And so part of my brain goes back to, man, how did they get the first stone and what happened here and what happened there? Yeah. So going back and watching Captain America, the first Avenger is going to be rather fun to watch for those sort of things. I agree with you. And I'm totally looking forward to it. Right on, right on. Cool beans. So, now that you know how we feel about Ralph Breaks the Internet, we would love to hear your thoughts. And not just your thoughts on the movie, but also any life lessons that you took away from it. So please go to the show notes page, www.watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 25. And go there, leave a comment at the bottom of the page. There's a list of all the life lessons that we learned. You can watch the official trailer there, a few select screenshots as well. And there's a link to our Watch and Learn Facebook page where you can comment as well. So thank you very much for listening today, and we will return next week with Captain America, the First Avenger. Avengers.